Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Warning. This podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spook. Girls, true crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you Spooksters, and welcome back to a very special case. Tara and I were just joking that this is the case that never ends, and then I did the little lamb chop song. But um, this is now part five of Casey Anthony, or 4.5 if you want to add, because it's literally the last bit of my recording was corrupted. It sounded like I was talking with marbles in my mouth or, you know, chomping ice. I don't know. It was it was horrible sounding. And <laughs> We do not want you to listen to that. So we were like, we'll just re-record it. Yes. And of course, it came at the time when it's like Christmas and I was away and there was so much. So it's all good. But I'm glad that we are here now to finish off this case. Yes. If you're new, please go listen to parts one through four. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is the longest we've done. We did a three-parter on the Zodiac and this was only supposed to be a two-part case. Yeah. And then it just kept growing and growing. And it was like we, the first (laughs) episode when we recorded Tara's part and it was like an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) We were like, oh shit, (laughs) we're in for it. Yeah. But I am, like, really happy with how it's turned out because we've gotten so many comments and then I've gotten some on TikTok, too, saying how, obviously, like, 99% of true crime people know this case, but they've said we've presented stuff they didn't know or that, you know, that's new to them and things like that. So that makes me excited because Jessica and I work very, very hard into our research. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those comments really do mean a lot. So we appreciate them. We strive really hard to bring like fresh eyes especially with these cases that have been done Mm -hmm. so many people have done these cases and rightfully so because they're huge Mm -hmm. but trying to put together all of it is a lot yeah we try to dig so that way it's like if we can basically if we can find like one thing we've never heard before or one thing you've never heard before i feel like that's a win with these like super well-known cases it's been a journey with casey anthony's case (laughs) yes okay 
So where Tara told me that it cut off is right after I told you guys that she was acquitted of all her felony charges, which to refresh, that was July 15th of 2011. After 10 hours, the jury made the decision. She was acquitted of all felony charges, which was first degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, and aggravated child abuse. And I know that a lot of people ended up questioning why she was, you know, acquitted of the child abuse, but she was charged again with aggravated child abuse, which is a very specific terminology. And I think one of the things that this case has really opened my eyes about is the concept of how the law and the language of laws really, like, obviously she had child neglect, Mm -hmm. which was dropped earlier on in the case, like, before she was charged with murder, she was charged with neglect. I think it got dropped because they were thinking that these would probably carry a heavier punch, but they kind of like bit off the nose to save the face type thing. They were like, oh, we'll just get rid of this little tiny thing. But the metaphor I should have used is they counter their chickens before they hatch. Oh, yeah. And I did some digging because I wanted to know like what the difference between like child abuse and aggravated child abuse or child neglect is. And according to a website, it's the Florida State Legislation. And according to Title 46, Chapter 827.03, it says, Aggravated child abuse occurs when a person commits aggravated battery on a child, willingly tortures, maliciously punishes, or willingly and unlawfully cages a child, or knowingly or willfully abuses a child and in doing so causes great bodily harm, permanent disability, or permanent disfiguration. Child abuse is intentional infliction of physical pain or mental injury upon a child, an intentional act that could reasonably be expected to result in physical or mental injury to a child. And then it just, it goes on to like kind of break down those type of things. Oh, there's one other thing is active encouragement of any person to commit an act that results or could possibly expect to result in physical or mental injury to a child. So that's the Florida state law right there. And so when you break it down, like technically Casey Anthony didn't do any of this because she would have had a neglect charge if like you go with her story that Kaylee got out and got into the pool. That would be a neglect charge because she was sleeping. According to her story, George woke her up to look for Kaylee. I don't know how this works with like double jeopardy. I don't know if someone they could have turned around and then used that story against her. Right for child neglect, but she was definitely not going to go away for these. So that's why they can't. And again, this case, it basically comes down to the fact that it has a thousand percent to do with the prosecution. You have to basically present your case without any reasonable doubt that this person committed murder. And it's a murdered case that they were asking the death penalty on. I think if they had been asking for just life in prison, she probably would have gotten convicted. I I can't 100% speak for that. But because the death penalty was on the table, imagine being a juror. Like, your job is to take the facts that are in front of you, ignore anything else that you know that wasn't presented to you in court and make a decision based on that. And I just think the defense did a good job of sowing a seed of doubt because let's face it, 
that they were right. It happens every day in, in places that have pools. Like kids get out, you know, they get out and they drown. My husband and I were just talking about if we bought a house that had a pool. I said the second we become pregnant, the first thing we're doing is investing in a fence around a pool with a gate that like the kids can't open. And, you know, it could have just been an accident. But whether it was an accident or not, like she wasn't charged with tampering with a dead body or a corpse or anything like that. So what really they what could they charge her with? Well, they charged her with the four misdemeanors of four counts of lying to a police officer or giving false information to a law enforcement officer, which is when she, you know, took them to freaking Universal Studios and that kind of shit. And she lied. Right. I mean, this case is just like basically like... She basically got out out of the benefit of the doubt. She's a free woman today because there was reasonable doubt. Jose Baez did a really phenomenal job of shouting louder than the prosecution. I mean, he's basically made an entire career by being a little like spitfire crazy pants who just like goes in and is like, I'm going to yell louder, be louder than anyone else. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Also. Between the time we ended recording and now I checked out Jose Baez's website, you should definitely check it out sometime. It is quite boastful. Oh, God. Does it say I take vagina for payment? Here you go. Oh, no, that doesn't say. There's no price. They, legally, I don't think they can put prices, but you know. You know. So on July 7th, two days later, the sentencing happened and Judge Perry sentenced her to one year per count and $1,000 per count as a fine. So she was looking at four years plus $4,000. However, in the state of Florida, time served counts. So she'd been in prison at this or jail at this point in time, roughly about three years. And then you have to look at the fact that she had good behavior. So like time off for good behavior. So she basically at that point only had 10 days left. The moment the verdict was read, Cindy and George left. And there was a lot of criticism about this at the time. People were saying like, they just got up and left. Like they didn't even care. Like they were part of it. You can see because they just left. But the truth is in a documentary that Tara and I both watched and we referenced, basically their lawyer had told them no matter what, whether she's found guilty or innocent, the second that verdict is done, you get up and you get out because there had been so many threats happening around. They were like, your safety is an issue. We can't guarantee you if you wait around for Casey or to talk to her or to see her that, you know, you're not going to get like mobbed when you leave. Right. Yeah. Also, it's like I said, there was a lot of issues around the safety of the Anthony's, but there was also a lot of issues around the safety of the jurors. In fact, the judge said that he wasn't going to release their names for like 30 days, which he didn't until like October. But like the next freaking day, juror number three, whose name was Jennifer Ford, actually gave a statement. And this is what she said. I do not say she was innocent, said Ford. This is from an article by ABC News, so that you guys know. I didn't say she was innocent, said Ford, who previously had been identified as juror number three. I said there was not enough evidence. If you can't prove that there was a crime, you can't determine what the punishment should be. And I think that's one of the things that people don't really take into account. These jurors, like, were getting death threats. Another juror came out and said in the ID special, he was saying that he got, like, thousands of emails and letters telling him that people wanting him to stop breathing, to die, like, that he shouldn't be allowed to live. And it's like, 
they did their job. Their job is to go in, be completely unbiased, and interpret the facts that the attorneys present to them. And to be really honest, the prosecution is a little bit more straightforward. They're more traditional. They're more pause at the right time. But like Jose Baez is like, he's the unwritten rule of defense attorneys. He gets angry. He gets loud. He gets up and accuses George Anthony of molesting and sexually harassing his daughter from the time she was eight and then just doesn't bring it up again. I mean, of course, there's the Dr. Phil special where, you know, he goes on and he talks about it and he says that he does bring it up and he does say these things and that, you know, the reason she didn't, she wasn't forthcoming is because of the fact that like, you know, she had been taught to lie this way. And like, he really brings it home on the Dr. Phil episode and they try to bring like a witness for the prosecution in to like debunk what happened. But it's just like, to me, it just doesn't seem legitimate that like, if something was that big, if something was as big as an evidence as he says it was, because basically he was saying that the reason that the chloroform was so off the charts is because they ran the test. Like the reason it was like 81 times the normal whatever is because the test was run like 82 times and it was reported as one. And I'm like, if that was the case, if you really felt that way and the prosecution wasn't like doing anything about it, wouldn't you have called the defense attorney like right away? The defense attorney can call a witness back. They're allowed to do that. You know, in the defense, I don't think the defense has to give the information to the prosecution. I think they can have a bombshell. Mm -hmm. So on July 13th of 2011, the Texas-based company of Equisearch, who came out and helped look for Kaylee, sues Casey for the cost of the search. And it's like a lot of money. It's like $200,000 or something like that. On July 15th, Jose files an appeal to basically get rid of the false information charges. On July 17th of that year, Casey is released from jail. And to say that she was let out in the dark because she was let out at 12 a.m. To say that she was let out quietly is not a thing. There were people there camped out waiting for her like she was escorted out. It amazed me, literally amazed me how she just like smiled her way out and walked out like, I don't care. Like if my kid was dead, what she said, I would have been devastated. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's like even if you're innocent, you've lost your only child. Her fucking attitude about this whole thing. I just want to like throw a punch her very badly. Right. So Casey's let out and she's actually not allowed to go back to the Anthony house because they don't want her. So she ends up staying with one of her other attorneys, not Jose Baez, because remember, he's married, even though, you know, she ends up staying with this other lawyer for a bit of time. And at one point, she actually ends up going and staying at like some church property, like she went to a church and sought sanctuary. But then either the picture of her leaked out and people found it and like swarmed. So she had to leave. Also, some fun things happened. The state of Florida sues Casey as well. They sued her for $500,000, but they end up settling for two hundred and fifty. dollars And if you remember Zanny, Zanny also sues her, but her case ends up getting thrown out because she's suing for defamation of character. But the problem is that Zanny has to prove that she was talking about her and not just the same name. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, Casey has, like, two huge pending lawsuits that, like, she lost and owes money to. So what's a girl to do? Well, girlfriend, (laughs) oh, girlfriend, 
she files bankruptcy because like if you file bankruptcy, there's nothing you can have and do. Mind you, Casey had like a $20 like restitution fee she had to pay. And I don't think she ever paid that. Wow. <laughs> so basically at this point, uh, she goes through bankruptcy and it's just like pay back if you can, if you want to type thing. And so Casey is off the hook for like $500,000 essentially between the two lawsuits. Now, during, oh my God, now we're going to get into some juicy scandal. Yay, my favorite. <laughs> Buckle up, people. Okay, so this is what happened. There was a private investigator by the name of Dominic Casey, which I just thought was funny because his last name was Casey and her first name was Casey. Right. And he worked for the defense. He worked for Jose Baez. And basically, like, he started working pretty early on. And he said that Jose contacted him and told him, quote, Casey murdered Kaylee and dumped her somewhere. And he needed all the help he could get to find the body before anyone else did. Jesus. So according to this guy... Jose knew that Casey killed Kaylee and that she dumped the body, but doesn't remember where. And that's why this guy was originally hired. Now, Jose Baez got a lot, like I talked about during the case, he got a lot of his help from specialists, like the scientist who basically was like, I can tear apart Dr. Voss's case. And I think Dominic was also a person who came in and really helped him. Like, this is how you should frame this. Because according to Dominic, Dominic saw a picture of the pool and the ladder was next to it. And he gave them the idea to say that Kaylee drowned. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. So during the, because this all came out during the bankruptcy scandal of things. And the reason it is, is because it's cited, like, she couldn't even pay her attorneys. And according to Dominic Casey, the old saying is, if you want to ride, you either have to have cash, grass, or ass. And Casey only had one of those available to her. And it wasn't cash or grass. Hmm. Interesting. Right? According to Dominic, Casey Anthony was paying her legal fees to Jose Baez by sleeping with him. There's two things that he says that he can cite specifically. The first one was apparently this like media like outlet or a media, I want to say circuit, wanted to do some, like she was supposed to do some interviews for like a media blitz and she just didn't want to do it. And so Jose says to her, okay, I'll do it. And then cancels it. And then when he does, he turns to her in front of Dominic and says, well, that'll be three blowjobs. Gross. Like, that's the exchange rate for the work. So basically for canceling the interviews. And then the other one is that one day he was coming to the office and he ran in. And some reports say that she was, like, wearing, like, her she was in her underwear. But according to Dominic, she was naked. And she ran out of, like, so in, like, his office suites, she ran out of his, like, his private office out into, like, the main area. And she was naked. And she was laughing and giggling. And Dominic was like, what are you doing? And she said, oh, you know, this is how I pay for my legal services. And he's like, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, I don't have a choice. You know, Jose said we could I could do this to pay it off. So it became this like big scandalous thing, because if you look back through like the trial videos and stuff, he's very like the way that those two like interact with one another. There is this kind of like sexual tension. I mean, I believe it. Oh, yeah. Did you find, like, exactly why he decided, Dominic decided to, like, spill all the tea and everything? I didn't. 
I know that it came out during like the bankruptcy thing because the bankruptcy was like 500 pages of like all the stuff of why she couldn't pay her bills. And I think that was just cited in there. Like a statement? Yeah. Like this is what happened. Oh, God. Gotcha. Okay. My point was it's like it sounds like correct me if I'm wrong if someone knows, but it sounds like he did that for like a legitimate reason, like told them not like, oh, let me sell this story to a tabloid type to get some kind of gain. So, you know, not motivation to make it up. Right. No, like it was found out because people were going through the bankruptcy shit and they were like, have you read this shit? Like right here. Look it. It says she fucked him for legal fees. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, not like that, but like that's basically what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that old saying, like, what is done in the dark is brought to the light. Yeah. It's like one of these things like, dude, Jose and Casey, like, you shouldn't have a witness. Even if that witness is on your payroll, at some point, he's not going to be on your payroll. Exactly. I think Jose Baez got too big for his britches. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And so he's like, I don't give a shit. But, like, I looked, I did look up to see if, like, Jose filed, like, a defamation lawsuit or nope. Okay. Hmm. That's very telling with that. Yeah. So, and that kind of came out in like 2013, 2014. So it was like, it wasn't even like that long after the case. Right. It was like basically after those other two cases were settled and she didn't have the money to pay back. Mm-hmm. Because even if like, even if she was in good standings with George and Cindy, they didn't have that kind of money. No. Yeah. Honestly, like the disappointing thing in all of this is, well, because you have to look at it like this. The reason that they were able to sue her and they won was kind of like her own fault because she was saying, oh, my daughter died of an accident. I knew my father buried her somewhere. But then these like two entities, Equisearch and then the state of Florida put in like lots of time and money for months. Like they started in July and they found her in December. That's like all of these months that they were searching for this little girl where according to Casey, people knew exactly where she was. So she was liable for it. But like, again, Casey Anthony isn't held really responsible. I mean, someone, it was like on a Reddit search that I read a long time ago. Someone was like, well, she did. She spent three years in jail. It's like, that's not a fuck enough. Like, her kid is dead. Yeah. Come the fuck on. Right. So, life has kind of moved on for Casey. At this point, it's been 12 years since Kaylee passed away. She would be 15. Yeah. Or at almost 16, because, like, we're almost in 2020. You mean 2021? Yes, 2021. Sorry. 2020 has just fucked my brain up. <laughs> on January 1st, it's just going to be, like, fucking Groundhog Day. And I'm gonna be like, shit, we're back. <laughs> so, two out of the four convictions for false information given to a police officer have been overturned so technically she only has two misdemeanors on her file which like fuck it if you have like a speeding ticket and something else i'm pretty sure that's it that's fucking insane casey anthony like literally casey anthony could legally change her name and disappear i mean she'd have to get like reconstructive surgery because she's very identifiable but like you know yeah so jose Baez writes a book about the case because like he's just not gonna let that payday go bye-bye hell no he's not in the book they he talks about evidence that the prosecution missed and that he didn't obviously bring up which is that and we talked about this on my first part that i did i think so it's episode two of this Mm -hmm. we talked about the fact that the like around the time of death like the day of or the day before there was an internet search done for foolproof suffocation with the suffocation misspelled 
this was on an Internet Explorer and not like Firefox. And they were only checking Firefox because they were like, they only use Firefox. But she had done this on the Internet Explorer. Which blows my mind that that's all they checked. It's like if you were investigating, if you're, I don't know who that would be, if that's forensics or whatever. But the person like, you know, checking the fucking computer, wouldn't you think even if they're like, oh, they don't use that, you're still going to double check because literally it takes like five fucking seconds to search a search history. Exactly. And it's the fact that like Jose Baez like brings it up in his book. Because, you know, like, I'm sorry, but, like, those prosecutors fucking read that book. I would have. I'd have been like, what does this motherfucker have to say now? And then reading that, it would have been like, are you fucking kidding? Because that would have been, like, the nail in the coffin, honestly. 100%. That's the evidence they were looking for, is that somebody in that house was looking for a way to kill a, a child. Because the only thing that they had was the searches for chloroform. Right. And the fact that there was a high level of chloroform in the car. Like, that's it. You know, they had, the defense was saying that chloroform was hard to make. But according to that ID special. No, it's not. Yeah, it's like not hard to make. People can make it in their house. Like it's household items. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's not like she needed high-grade stuff or anything, like any kind of equipment that a lab would have. Like, she could literally do it in her house. Exactly. Also, like, she was living a pretty cashless existence prior to being caught. So who's to say that she didn't come across it somewhere, you know? Yeah. She could have bought it. She could have exchanged for it. Who knows? I mean, according to Dominic Casey, she was not against selling herself for legal stuff. So we don't know. So now it's 2020 and Casey's actually only given one interview in which she says she actually sleeps like a baby at night. Like she has no problem sleeping. Her conscience is clear. And I'm sorry. I know people who've lost kids. Like I've known people who lost their kids when they were adults. Yeah. To say that they sleep like a baby, I don't think is an accurate description. Fuck no. I know parents who have like lost an infinite birth or shortly after and their hearts grieve for years. So you're saying that you had a toddler who was almost three. You know, we say she's two. She was almost three. Like she's just a couple months from three. I wouldn't sleep well at night because if what she says is true, I would have reoccurring nightmares about, you know, seeing my father holding my dead daughter. Right. And then it's also like the guilt of taking that nap and not being awake and watching her and everything else. And it's because like if that was the situation, you know, it could have been prevented. It's not like it was a car accident or something where you can't control that, you know. Exactly. That to me speaks fucking volumes that she is. I mean, besides obviously like the evidence and stuff we know about that she's responsible for Kaylee's death. Very much so. Because what kind of fucking psycho is just like, oh, okay, it's whatever. It's in the past. It's fine. That's like saying you had some fucking like shitty haircut. It's in the past. It's fine. We got through it. No, that was your fucking kid. Your only kid. A thousand percent. And, you know, one of the things that like is really interesting to me in that fact is like Casey seems so nonchalant about it. Like people point like the fact that she could compartmentalize. And I talked about compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. I compartmentalized my life because like the fact of the matter is, is that when my parents passed away, I was in a position in my life where I couldn't handle it. And then when my biological mom passed away and I was suddenly like in charge of a lot of shit, like I couldn't handle 
handle it. And the only way for me to get through it was to one, add some like levity to the situation where like I made lots of jokes about shit and I compartmentalized. But at the same time, I wasn't going out and getting drink. I mean, I think my friends were like, let's get a drink to like, you know, it was when my dad died, it was because it was like, well, let's get a drink because it's your last day of work. It's a really odd time in my life, guys. No, but like there's a difference between, you know, someone trying to get you like out of the house and help distract you temporarily. Right. Versus going out and being at the club every night and lying and saying your kids with this nanny at Disney World and SeaWorld when she doesn't even exist and you know she doesn't fucking exist. Exactly. And the whole like, oh, poor me. What about me? Me, me, me. The whole fucking time. Like it was never like, let me worry about Kaylee. No, it's let's worry about Casey, which fuck you. That's not how it should be. Like at all. No, a thousand percent. I agree wholeheartedly. I cannot believe that. Like the one thing that pisses me off about this is that a lot of people didn't know Kaylee's name. I mean, I knew it at one point and I just forgotten it because everything is like Casey Anthony top mom. And we do a really good job in America of sensationalizing killers. Like we've talked about this before and it's like there's a fascination to studying them because like for someone whose brain cannot fathom taking another life, it's something that you're looking at like the fuck. It's kind of like the same way you, you study an animal. I mean, I hate to like make it sound like that, but that's kind of how it is. At least for me, it's looking at it very clinically. But, you know, Casey is this extraordinary specimen in this aspect because at least other mothers who have like killed their kids, they show some sort of remorse. And I just don't think that Casey ever truly, I know she cried in court and stuff like that because she did. And I talked about that in the last part. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think she ever truly, like, unless she did this all privately and we don't know, and she could have, but like, from what we can see is that there was never this big moment of like, my daughter is gone. I'm never going to have my daughter again. And, you know, watching George and Cindy just talk about Kaylee 15 years later or whenever they did that interview for the ID, it's just like you can tell their whole life has just been wrecked and that they're so worried. Like we have family friends whose daughter died of like a heart, congenital heart disease, and she was 12 and their whole life changed. Like their heart broke. And I guess like I know that I shouldn't say like everyone grieves differently, but I just never see her grieve. And yeah, people were like, oh, she grieves quietly. But when you're a public figure, it's really hard to be private. Right. Yeah, because like even with this follow up interview, it's like this is your one time that you're going to do this because you're trying to stay out of the limelight, blah, blah, blah. It's like she has no fucking anything, but it's like (laughs) a normal person would have been like saying how she misses her daughter and all of that stuff. But in terms of these people thinking I did it, like I know I didn't, you know, the court found me innocent, like that part being all like whatever about, but like just putting it all together as one just shows she only cares about her. And, you know, like you said, it is heartbreaking that cases like this, it's like the focus is her. That's why when we titled these, we did not include her name. It's about Kaylee at the end of the day. It's not about her. And, you know, like same thing with 
when we talked about Ted Bundy and stuff, like we took the time to actually say the victims' names because how many fucking documentaries and shit you watch that they basically use them as like not a character. I don't know the word I'm trying to like say, but it's like, oh, and then he killed this person and then he killed these three. And then it's just like scoots on over. It doesn't talk about like how they were a loving sister or they did these things, you know, like until we started looking like it's like you had to dig to find out like how smart Kaylee was and all the stuff she could do at such a young age, which is such a shame, you know? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And it's like, you know, a lot of times the media uses victims as like a pin and a board to like map out some psychopath's background. Yes, exactly. To give you like this clear view of how they got to be, you know, the Ted Bundy on execution day. But the truth is, is that like they were women who lived their lives and Kaylee was this little tiny baby. Like I look at my godson who's two, you know, and like over Christmas, you know, we had done some quarantining so we could like, you know, be around them. And just like looking at him and like knowing that I had to record this, I was looking at my godson like, holy shit, like somebody hurt. He's so innocent and, you know, he's learning words and he says yellow, like in the cutest way ever. And I just think about like how it must have been for like Lee to watch Kaylee or how watching my in-laws look at my godson, my sweet little, (laughs) sweet little baby, you know, looking at him like that's their whole world right now. And realizing that a person, whether it like was Casey or another person, took that little child and hurt them. Right. And it's just like on the other side of it, I think what freaks me out so much about this case is there's a lot of parallels with my personal life and with Casey's personal life as far as like the age she had her and the features and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like it fucking freaks (laughs) it freaks me out because I have this picture of my daughter when she was like around the same age as Kaylee, basically, and she's got giant sunglasses on and it freaks me out so bad. (laughs) The difference is you're not a psychopath who murdered your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sitting here about to cry. There's no fucking way. Like, trying to put myself in that situation, no matter what it was, it's like, there's no way in hell I could rationalize acting like that at all. Oh, and even then, like, you look at the fact that you have, like, even if you go with Casey's story that she drowned in a pool, what type of mother is going to give up? You're saying that a former law enforcement homicide detective is going to do nothing? Pulled a child out of a pool and stood there and screamed at you, didn't perform CPR, didn't do anything at all. No fucking way. No fucking way. Then wrapped the little baby up in trash bags, put duct tape on her mouth, and then left her in the woods. No, he was a homicide detective. Like, he would have called the police. He would have had it recorded. It would have been a thing. And the fact that, like, Casey can sit back and be like, oh, well, you know, my dad was part of this, this cover-up, and, like, I learned to lie. And yeah, we know that George Anthony lied. I mean, he had the cardio that he lied about how it went under. But like, that's a point of pride. We see that shit all the time. People lie about that kind of stuff. They don't want to face the truth. But like, the other thing is, is like, if what they're saying is true, why when Casey came home and George smelled, you know, they all smelled this, why wouldn't George just say to Cindy, okay, here's the truth. This is what happened. 
I don't know. I just like, it just doesn't make any sense that, I mean, it makes sense that Casey was home ignoring her kid and her kid got out into the pool and drowned and then Casey covered it up. Like, I get it. Like, she was young and immature and she, like, that's how people classified her. That's how the psychiatrist, you know, the psychologist, they classified her as just being immature. Mm -hmm. Like, not understanding how to handle something. But like Dr. G said, she's been in Florida for 25 years. And during that time, like... She'd had hundreds of those, and every single time a, a parent calls the cops, it calls 911. They always call for emergency services because it doesn't matter if you found your kid in the pool a minute after they fell in or four hours after they fell in. You're going to try to save your kid. Yeah. So... Casey, she so she gave her one interview and she tried to have a photography business, but uh, surprise, surprise, people didn't want Casey Anthony capturing family moments. Weird. I mean, could you imagine being like a mom and then like, say like you hired a photographer like based off the website or something and it had like a fun name. Like maybe it was like, I don't know, family photography enterprise. Yeah, just something without her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And showing up. <gasps> oh, God. Right. Mm-mm. I would have been like, bye. Like, because even oh. if it was like Anthony Photography, like that could be like that name is so popular. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you're like all dressed up with your family at the park meeting your photographer and it's fucking Casey Anthony and you're like, get away from my child. You would have been like, keep my deposit. Bye. <laughs> Peace out. So it folded quite quickly and I guess that's one of the things that she always wanted to do. Jesse Grund said that that was like something she was really into all along was photography and she really wanted that to be a career but she has to change her name and get some plastic surgery first. <laughs> as of right now, she's working for a PI as a social media researcher. So basically what she does is she goes online and cyberstalks people. Oh, good. Oh, good. The only good thing to come out of this whole fucking situation is something called Kaylee's Law. And what it is, is at the, after the end of the trial, there were several movements that happened to create a law called the Kaylee Law that would impose stricter requirements for parents to notify law enforcement of the death of a disappearance of a child. I'm reading this from the wiki page so you guys know. One such petition uh, circulated via change.org, and I don't know when this was written, I want to preface that as well, has gained 1.3 million electronic signatures. So that was in 2011 that there was that many. So it was a lot. Yeah. In its response, several states have made laws such as Florida, Oklahoma, New York, and West Virginia of this that, for instance, in the state of Oklahoma, the law is a child's parent or guardian is required to notify police of a missing child within 24 hours. And it would also stipulate a time frame from notification of disappearance of a young child under the age of 12. The Florida law would make it a felony if a parent or legal guardian fails to report a missing child in a timely manner. And it carries even more if they know the child could be in danger. So it makes it like a a mandated reporting law, which I think is great. And I think it should be in all 50 states. Like the fact that we don't have like if there's states that don't have this in place, like if you live in a state and you look it up and you can't find something like this in your state, start calling your legislators and say this is something that's really important. Because this is one of those things that like really can make or break finding a child. Like some people like I get like Casey waiting like a day or two, like if her story was true about the nanny but like not waiting 31 days to report a child missing yeah fuck no 
I don't know. It's it's really hard for me when I look at like laws that aren't fully developed. And this is one of those things that needs to be out there. 100%. And I think it also needs there needs to be laws against like, you know, not calling when a child gets hurt to an extent. Like, because like right now, like, if, for instance, if your daughter fell outside and broke her arm, you'd scoop her up and take her to the doctor, you know, and get it fixed. Yeah. And there are parents out there who don't. I just... I, I fucking can't. Right. Ah, frustrates me so much. Right. <laughs> so that kind of wraps it around for me. Final thoughts on this case. Final thoughts. Uh, first and foremost, we love you all very much. But any ten dollar nut patrons who need to send us a topic, please refrain from a child death for a while. We need a break. Ugh, mentally, like not even joking. I laugh, but that's kind of like my defensive thing. So yeah, please no. <laughs> No, Jessica needs a mental break because we did this case and then one of our January patron selects is the death of a two-year-old. And so I, pre-mentioning that I have a two-year-old in my life that I care very much about, I've had a really hard time mentally with these. Thank God it was the holiday season, so there was other things to distract me, but... Yeah, but no, 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 we'll move on. So final thoughts. I see now that you brought up that the thing about the pool that just her. Now I'm kind of like, hmm, could be. So that one's definitely plausible for sure if it's her by herself. Right. But to me, one that's always stuck is the fact that she's admitted she would medicate Kaylee to get her to sleep all night really makes me kind of lean towards that theory of she may have given her too much Benadryl or what have you and then went the next morning to wake her up and she wouldn't wake up. So then she, I don't know, who knows, like fucking because she's immature and she's not a rational person, panicked, went and got the stuff from the house used it and put her in the woods because like we also talked about there was the it was the hurricanes and stuff so like the water so they couldn't do a full thorough search so i don't think it's that she was somewhere else and then put there type of thing you know what i'm saying like i think she was definitely put in the woods and it's just like at the end of the day we're we're never gonna know probably like 99.99% 99.99% sure unless something happens. Like, I don't, I just can't see Casey Anthony ever being like, okay, this is what really happened because it's just not who she is, sadly, which is just heartbreaking. No, I, I, I completely understand. So my final thoughts are, I agree that it's most likely that she gave her like a Xanax or Benadryl or whatever. I think that's why she stuck with the Zanny thing for so long. Yeah. And I think that the only issue is that she did that and then george says that he saw her you know at 2 p.m you know and then she's seen at like eight that night on camera without casey and none no one had seen the child so it would have had to be like she came back to the house and gave kaylee it and kaylee maybe she mixed it you know like there's also the thought that like it's Florida in the summer and it's hot and maybe she left Kaylee in her car. Yeah, that's a possibility too. It happens so much. Right? Like she went and ran some errands and left Kaylee in the car and like panicked, you know, thinking like, oh, she'll be fine. Like maybe gave her some Benadryl so she'd be quiet in the car. And then that would explain why they would think that she was in the trunk. Because like, let's say that, you know, you left your kid in the car for an hour or two thinking everything would be fine and she she passes away and let's say nobody noticed and 
Then you find out, you drive a bit, you take her out of her car seat and put her in the trunk, and then you, you just, like, go on. I don't know. It's like a lot of it is so hard because it's like, then how did she just react the way she reacted? She's a fucking monster. Right. In all honesty, unless Casey Anthony has a fucking come to Jesus moment, we're never going to know. Yeah. I'm just like baffled that a child can be here one minute and then not and that nobody is held responsible and that she thinks she's done her penance for her measly three years. Right. I'm going to wrap this episode up before, you know, both Tara and I spiral into a depressive state of sadness. Yes, yes. I hope you guys, I mean, it's always weird to say we hope you enjoyed because it's like we're talking about like a toddler dying, but we hope you guys at least didn't hate these episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a great lineup coming up, so you guys should be very excited. Oh, yeah. We've already started recording and everything for those. If you're a patron, you should be very excited because we mass recorded a bunch of slaughters for y'all, so. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. It'll be so fun. Yeah. And Monday, the first Monday of January is a was a really highly requested case. So I think you guys shall enjoy that for sure. With that, I'm going to wrap up and say bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.